As you take your seats, I invite you to pray with me before this message. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you. We thank you for your presence in us. We thank you for your presence among us. We thank you, O God, that your glory fills us and that you are at work, O God, in this world. I pray, O God, for each person under the song of my voice. I pray, O God, for every soul in this earth. I pray, O God, that your perfect will shall be done so that you will be glorified. I ask, dear God, that you would take me out of self. Allow your Holy Spirit to minister in me and through me to my brothers and sisters. Grant us all ears to hear, hearts to receive, and spirit to respond. And when it's all said and done, God, may you be glorified in us and through us. In Jesus' name, with thanksgiving, and the people of God say together, Amen, Amen, and Amen. Take me out of self. When it's all said and done, God, may you be glorified in us and through us with thanksgiving in the name of Jesus. It is part of my prayer that I pray every time I stand to deliver a message. It could be here in the church, it could be outside by invitation, but I pray those words because they have deep meaning for me. Number one, I am committed with God to allow God's will, not my will, to prevail in any message that I would deliver to God's people. Number two, you are beloved of God. I don't think you understand how much God truly loves you. And number three, When I stand to deliver a message, it's always my prayer, God, that I will not distort your word, your truth, that I will deliver it as your spirit has given it to me, even when sometimes it's not the word that people might want to hear. But I pray that so that I please God and not human beings. In the Apostle Paul's letter to the Corinthian church, we heard it this this morning, Paul had something serious to say, and I think it's important enough that we need to hear it again. So I invite you to hear these words that were inspired by the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul. Since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. Rather, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. The plain truth, friends, this morning is simply this. God is sovereign. God loves us. We don't always understand God's ways or or how God allows things to unfold, but God does it because God loves us. And God does it because God wants us to be in this holy relationship with God. 
it's so important for us to understand that when we proclaim Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord in his life, in his death, in his resurrection, in his ascension, in his coming again to earth, to call God's people, the church, into the kingdom of God, it's important for us to know when we profess those things that we are in the presence of God, that God's presence is revealed in us in in greater ways than we could ever imagine. Or the truth is also that God's presence is with all of God's people, those who are proclaiming Jesus or not. But for those who proclaim Jesus in his life and his ministry and his death, there is God's presence is revealed in such a way that we are able to be transformed into the likeness of Christ. We are able to, to, to hear from God. We are able to walk with God upon this earth. We are able to live our lives in such a way that God will be glorified. Sometimes when we read and we hear these texts, they sound so mysterious, they sound so foreign, and someone said to me, what are you preaching about tomorrow? This was yesterday. And I said, I'm preaching about being in his presence, in the presence of God. And she said, she looked to me and she said, I guess we really don't believe that, do we? And I said, you know what? I think that's the challenge for God's people upon this earth. Do we believe that we are in the presence of God? And do we believe when we profess faith in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord that God is doing a great work in us? And then some people said, well, how can God be in us? But Jesus said something that I think is so important for us to hear again in John 14, 23. Listen to Jesus' words. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Ah, Jesus says, if you believe in me, he says, we will come. And who is the we? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He says, and we will come. And in other words, take up residence in you. We will live in you. You know, he says, well, I don't understand that, Pastor. You don't have to understand it. You have to trust it by faith. Because the word says God is spirit. And those who worship God, worship God in spirit and in truth. The day will come when we might be able to understand all of that fully. But for now, if you are professing Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and if you are following his teachings in the Bible, he lives within you. And the potential is so great for us to grow and to develop and to become like Jesus Christ. We are created to glorify God. The children sang a few minutes ago, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. How do we glorify God? We glorify God by allowing the presence of God, the power of God, the light of God in us to shine through us. And, and what could that look like? We hear in the, in the reading from the Old Testament with Moses, Moses was up on the, on the mountain with God for 40 days and 40 nights. It was actually the second time 
that he received the commandments from God. The first time when he got the two tablets, you know, the people were doing their own thing because they thought he stayed too long away from them. So they got involved in some things that were not pleasing unto God. Y'all know it. Y'all know the scripture. And it's going on today too. And Moses in his, in his anger and in his rage, he took the two tablets and he threw it at this camel, this gold calf that they had built. And they were worshiping this created gold calf. And God was merciful and gracious. God invited Moses again the second time to come up to the mountain. And after spending 40 days and 40 nights with God in God's presence, when Moses came down, the scripture says that his face was radiant. It was shining. It was shining so brightly with the presence of God, with the glory of God, that the people, they were afraid to come close to him. He had to wear a veil. When you are in the presence of God, something happens. Now, I granted, we may not shine like Moses, you know, but, but, but God's presence that is within us, when we spend time with God, reading God's word and meditating on God's word and worshiping God and praying unto God, then God's glory shines forth from within us. It might look like a happy face like the children now. It might look like a smile and people wondering, what are you smiling about? And you can't even explain it. It looks like love coming out and touching another person who is hurting. God's glory wants to shine forth from within us. And we hear in the gospel reading today, we hear from Luke, from his perspective about how God's glory was revealed through Jesus. And the disciples, Peter, John, and James, were invited up to a mountain similar like the mountain of Moses. And Jesus revealed his glory. He gave them a glimpse of what he was like before. He gave them a glimpse of what they will experience when they enter into eternity. Ah, Luke tells us, something interesting that we need to pay attention to. He tells us that while they were up on that mountain, Jesus was praying. Can you imagine that? And it is when he was praying that this transfiguration occurred. I want us to know something. Prayer is so important in our relationship with God so that God's glory can be revealed through us. There's an old saying, a family that prays together stays together. And I'm going to add this to you. A church that prays together stays together. So Jesus was praying and all this transfiguration, his glory was shining forth. This bright light within him. And bless their hearts, the disciples who were there, even though they were a little bit, you know, heavy with sleep, they were able to witness this. But they misunderstood what they were seeing. And you know, the good news is that when we misunderstand what God is revealing unto us, 
God will step in and God will intervene and God will correct our misunderstanding. So what does Luke say? Luke said that, you know, they said to Jesus, oh, Jesus, let us make a memorial for you. Let us build three tabernacles, one for Jesus, one for Moses, one for Elijah. You see, they thought that Jesus was on the same par with Moses and Elijah. They thought Jesus was just another great prophet like their ancestors. But God had to correct it. And when God wants to correct God's people, God will use anything. God will use anyone to get God's message across. So what did God use? Y'all heard it in the scripture. What did he use in the scripture to correct their misunderstanding? He used a cloud. God came upon them in this cloud and they entered into this cloud. And anytime you read about clouds in the Bible, you're hearing about God's presence about God's power being manifested among God's people. So, in this cloud, they heard, this is my son. Hear him. Hmm? God made it clear, you are not dealing with just another prophet. You are dealing with my son. You're dealing with my manifestation of power and grace and mercy and everything that is of God. So when was the last time you heard God speaking to you? Hmm? When was the last time you heard Jesus? Because God says, this is my son, hear him. Because Jesus is still speaking today. I think the mess that we saw on last week is an indication that we are not really hearing God very well. The first time I heard God speak through Jesus, I was 14 years of age. I didn't understand what was happening in the world in which I live. I didn't understand the political, the social, the religious infighting that was going on in this world. I couldn't understand why people, human beings, were hating another human being. I couldn't understand why people had such animosity in their hearts for people who are different from them because of their race, because of their ethnicity, because of their language, because of their human sexuality. I couldn't understand it. So one day, at 14, I was at home and And my mother had this picture of this nice, polished Jesus. And it was, uh, you know, the Roman Catholic, you know, refers to it as the sacred heart of Jesus. You see a picture of Jesus, and in the middle of the the person of Jesus, you see this red heart, and you see uh, around the heart, you see something like, you know, these prickly thorns that were used on Jesus' head during his crucifixion. But behind the heart, there is this bright light that is emanating out of the middle of Jesus' heart. And I looked at that picture and I asked Jesus some questions. Now, the questions, just like you know, what I heard, it, it, it wasn't an audible voice like I'm talking to you right now. It was a voice in my conscious mind. When I heard Jesus, I thought maybe I was kind of losing it for a minute. I thought maybe I was schizophrenic, you know, because I knew those, some of those things. 
But no, I wasn't schizophrenic. Jesus had made a connection, and I just didn't understand that Jesus had made a connection at 14. But So I asked Jesus this question, who are you? How can I trust you? If you're supposed to be the sovereign God of this world, why are we having all of these discord? Why are we having all of this violence? Why are we having all this hatred? Do something, Jesus. And then I went about my own way after that. I was living life according to my way, according to my wisdom, according to my will, my truth, the way I understood the Lord. Hear me well, my. And it was 25 years later from that day that Jesus spoke again. And that was at the point of my calling into ministry. I didn't even understand what a calling was. But in that moment, God has a way of bringing back into your remembrance, as the scripture says. He said to me, in my conscious hearing, do you remember that day when you asked me all of those questions? And sure enough, I kind of like, "Mm mm-hmm. He said, well, you see that light, that light that I showed you back then? He said, focus on that light because that's who I am. At the time, I did not even know the scripture in John 8 and 2 where Jesus says, I am the light of the world. He says, those who follow me will walk in light and will not walk in darkness. I didn't know that, but I certainly knew it. 25 years later, when I went to the Bible, because I was guided to that scripture and found that Jesus is light, and they also go on to say he is the light of the world. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. If anyone follows me, wow. God has a way of bringing the scriptures to reality in your soul when you seek to know God and when you seek to follow Christ and when you seek to give your life fully unto God. And that is what God is saying to us today. Are we following the light of the world? who happens to be our Savior and our Lord? Or are we following in darkness our own understanding, our own wisdom, our own everything, and leaving God out there? Or maybe we are taking Jesus like we go to a salad bar and we take what we want and we leave the other things there. I'm telling you all the truth. This is what Jesus is asking us today. Are you hearing me today in this world where everyone seems to think anything goes? And we seem to think that we, it's culture, so it's okay to follow that. That's not what the scripture tells us. We have to spend time with God. We have to spend time with his word. We have to spend time on our knees. And if you can't get down on your knees, sit on a chair, but open the word of God. And for us who proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, God will give us wisdom and understanding, not hatred, not bigotry, 
God will help us to understand how we are to live in this day and time, loving all of God's people, even when we disagree with them. Friends, 19 years ago from that date when Jesus spoke in my heart again, up until today, I have sought to walk in the light of life. And I will tell you, sometimes I get it very well. And sometimes I miss it, just like the disciples. Sometimes I'm like on top of the mountain with God. And sometimes because of life circumstances and situations, I feel like I'm walking in the valley of the shadow of death. But what I feel like and what the reality is, is two different things. Because I can acknowledge the feeling, but I can also proclaim the truth. And the truth is that God is with me because I am a child of God. God's presence is with me. Don't you see those banners we have up here? We say all these words, but do we really believe it? Because if we believe it, we will call upon the name of Jesus as often as we need to. And we will be able to share the love of God, the word of God in spirit and in truth. And we will be able to worship the living God who lives within us. This is my testimony. What is yours? What is your testimony for this day and time in which you are living in? Hmm? I pray every day as I'm praying in my spirit right now that you will truly come to understand that God is present in you and among you right this moment. No, we cannot see, but he's here. And I pray that you will come to, to hear Jesus speak the same thing that he thinks that he spoke to me. You are my beloved. You are my redeemed. I have forgiven you. All of my grace and all of my mercy, they are available to you every day. I pray that you will hear Jesus speaking to you when you fall short and you fall into sin. And he said, my grace is sufficient for you. Hmm? That's my prayer for you today. And my, the, the, the extension of that prayer is that when you hear that, that you will take that to somebody else. In your family, in your workplace, at school, or wherever you are. And you share that same truth with them. That they are God's beloved. God wants them to come into this into his presence where his glory can be revealed and there will be no darkness and there will be light and we will understand the truth of the scriptures and then we can say with all joy I know he walked with me and he talked with me and he tells me that I am his own so when the enemy comes because the enemy will always come and the enemy will want to whisper things that are not true of God in your ears. And you got to say, get behind me, Satan. You are going to say, I am a child of the light. There is no darkness in me. And yes, things may not be the way I want them to be right now. But my God is working all things together for good because he loved me. 
and because he has called me into his purpose. That has to be your witness. And you have to say it like the Apostle Paul said in his, le- in his letter. You have to say it with boldness and with courage and walk like a child of the light. We are coming to this table. Looks pretty. We're going to have some wafer. And we're going to have some grape juice. We're going to dip that wafer in there. And we're going to say some words when we, the body of Christ broken for you, the blood of Christ shed for you, and you're going to take it. But when you take it, knowing that you are in the presence of God and God is witnessing everything that we do, it takes on different meaning. When we take communion as the body of Christ, we are saying, look, we are a diverse church. We come from different walks, but you know what? God is with us because we are professing faith in Jesus Christ. The presence of God is in me, and I'm going to let his light shine in me and through me. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and God's people say, Amen, Amen, and Amen.